1: Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooker. I'm trying to come to a more sophisticated space with booze on Spooker. I feel like we've been very, very hot or cold. It's either been on or off. And so, Shag, there's been no booze so far, but I've got some nearby just in case this episode just starts stuttering along and, you know, we just, we just need to change things up. So in case of emergency, break front door of the fridge. There's an icy cold rushes waiting if we need it.
0: So, Peach, I don't think you always need booze mm. to have fun. And this is, this is scarily becoming like a multi-episode arc drinking PSA. Mm. So we had a couple of episodes where it's like drinking rules, yeah. drinking's the best. But now we've come to the realisation mm-hmm. that actually drinking becomes a bit of a crutch and you don't need it to create great episodes of a podcast that we all know <laughs> and love.
1: It's so true. But this is the complexity, right? <laughs> so, so you either go, great, never drink or always drink. Well, what about the middle of the continuum, Chag? This is, this is the, 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 the grey space we find ourselves in now where I'm just in a bit of a shoulder shrug spot of like does – boozy spooko work as well as sober spooko and i I look it's an open question you know what Mm.
0: i was recently at a orchestral concert watching a conductor Mm. conduct an orchestra magic and i had one of those rare epiphany moments Mm. where your whole life you haven't understood something and then In in a split second, because of all the things in your life that have led you to being exactly where you were, you understand something. Yep. And I guess I finally understand the role and the power of a conductor. Yep. In that, in orchestral music, you are essentially listening to a non-linear form of music. To, to explain, for example, like mm. an output of music is a recording and that's linear because, yep. you know, the way it's put down on tape, there are certain sounds and they go one after the other. When you're conducting an orchestra, there are all these different sections. And in fact, all these singular musicians mm. and the orchestra's job is to understand not only what they're all doing at the same time, but understand how they come together. Right. Yes. And finally, I'm like, I get it, right? They're not just someone up there like waving their hands. What that? No, no. But seriously, you're like, yeah, God, yeah. you know, it's like that thing where it's like, I could be a fucking conductor. I can get up there and just go do, like, Do you know what I mean? And it's like, I'm I do sh- love
1: the joke of like, Oh, if you're a violinist, be like, Oh, fuck, hang on, what am I meant to be doing? <laughs> Glance over the conductor going, Oh, do it like this, and be like, Oh, sick. All right, I'm back.
0: But, but with <laughs> with that in mind, I guess hmm. my thought is. <laughs> The reason why Spooko, well, the reason why I enjoy Spooko, mm. having become a recent convert to this podcast, <laughs> yes. are nonlinear. There's no one. There's no one way to appreciate Spooko. There's mm. no one reason why you'd listen to it. Mm. And so, yes, drunk peach episodes are fun episodes of Spooko. There's no denying it. But they're not the only factor that makes a cool episode.
1: And so, light and shade, like different different phases of life, right? Let's, let's, let me riff on this theme a little bit for you because recently, for reasons I don't fully understand, that um, rap band you and I liked 20 years ago, Atmosphere, jumped into my head. And like Slug, as a rapper, was extremely charismatic and had a couple of great lines. And just one of them has just been going in my head for the last couple of weeks where he just goes, now I'm too fucked up to dance, so I just sit with my hand down the front of my pants. And I don't even know why I think it's a great line about like a fuck with just like I'm I'm the worst. It's like, yeah, that's it. And it made me reflect on emo rap and why I think it is relevant to a reflection on horror movies. And I think it's because I've always viewed horror movies as very age specific, right? Mm. The age of a person who has an atmosphere poster on the wall is the same age as a person who has a saw poster on the wall. And that is a bloke in their late teens early 20s who grows out of it and I think that's one of the associations I've got with horror films that for some reason they are media for young men and those young men eventually stop being young men and grow out of horror broadly and I realize that's one of the stereotypes and prejudices I I bring to my thoughts about horror films of like not for me I'm no longer in the age group that enjoys these films. And when I was, look, it just didn't hit that way. So I've been putting them to an extent in that emo rap category of I've phased out of the demography. But, Jack, I think what I'm coming to learn, much as you have with Spooko, <laughs> that you can dial up and dial down and that, you know, horror films are a many splendid thing. And I expect what we're going to learn this week, Shag, is that there are more than, you know, more than 10 ways to skin a horror film victim.
0: You make a really good point where I think one of the reasons people are disparaging of horror as a genre, you're absolutely right, is it's seen as something you should grow out of. Mm. Up until recently, and again, the A24 ification of horror, it mm. was seen as a juvenile art form, yes. maybe not juvenile, but like a puerile art form, a low art form, Yes, you know? And it was one you were supposed to age out of. And I think if there's one, and again, non linear podcast, but one mm. of the many messages I'd love this podcast to impart is that horror movies are for anyone, no matter what your age. Yeah. With that in mind...
1: Not extremely young children, but but yes, yes, I'm with
0: you. With that in mind, some people never stop being young children, uh... even as they become older psychopathic orphans. Today, Peach. <laughs> Today, Peach. Today, Peach. I'm
1: here, I'm here.
0: Today, we are covering the 2022 prequel to the ultra problematic 2009 <gasps> film about a orphan. vaguely eastern european yes 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 girl who poses as a child to infiltrate families and seduce and kill them today we are doing orphan first kill
1: now i'm too fucked up to dance so i just sit with my hand down the front of my back
0: What is he doing here?
1: We found your daughter. She's alive.
0: Be prepared for changes. We have a child therapist that she'll be working with. Four years is a long time. What she needs right now is our family. Mister? Sweetheart, it's mommy. Welcome home, Mister. We left it just as it was. It's lovely to be back. I miss my family very much. Our goal here is helping Esther acclimate back into life within the family unit. I think something's going on with Esther. Is there anything you want to tell me about your time away? How is that possible? Four years ago, she was still drawing stick figures. Esther's behavior has been so erratic. Hello, mommy. Thank you, mommy. notice some inconsistencies.
1: <clears throat> so what are you getting at? To me, it felt like a performance. If you're not Esther, who are you? another good opportunity to shout out evil agency because we've got an identity theft film up our sleeve shag and i'm sure <laughs> i'm sure evil agency fans would want to keep uh, wanna, you know keep a close eye on what happens in orphan first kill and then uh, it does lead to one of the problems with prequels of like oh shit do they kill esther at the end and it's like well <laughs> no, no, they don't, <laughs> because I've seen the film that involves Esther at the end or Shag. Do you have a twist for us today?
0: Well, this is what I actually kind of fucking love about Orphan First Kill. It's it's a very schlocky film. It feels a little bit cheaply made. I mean, mm. even by the fact that you know where the first film had Peter Sarsgaard and was produced by Leonardo DiCaprio, this film stars Julia Stiles. Which is not bad in of itself, but it just goes to show it's just a slight downgrade. She's not
1: Peter Sarsgaard. <laughs> well, no, well,
0: well, you know, but 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 look. Anyway, so what what I think's amazing about this film yes. is that it follows the impossible horror movie rules of sequels, and they are as follows. We've talked about these before. Yes, but if a horror movie is successful no mm. matter how complete the story is, no matter how impossible it is to overcome the fact that we now know that she's not a child, she's a 30-year-old Eastern European woman out to murder, mm. no matter how impossible it is to get over the fact that well, we already know the twist, they have to have a sequel. Sick. Now, 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 the rules are it can't just have a sequel. The sequel has to be cheaper. It always has to be cheaper. <laughs> it's never a more expensive sequel. And often it has to be even more outlandish than the first because how the fuck do you top the first, right? Like the, It's like how you can't do a retread of Orphan because we already know that mm. she's not an orphan, right? Or if she is, we already know that she's not who she says she is.
1: Are there any cases of like reinvestment sequels in horror? Like Terminator 2, which we spoke about last week, ironically enough, is one of your classic spend more on the sequel than you did on your first one type scenarios like is it like must it always be cheaper and again <laughs> shag i'm not pressing you to, to answer right now but it's interesting right the idea of it's basically assumed and accepted of like well it you know it can't be as good quote quote um, is the first one and so we'll just you know apply fewer resources to it and hopefully those fucking idiots in the audience <laughs> won't notice <laughs> Well, I think
0: it probably is it probably is a little bit shrewd like that but it's probably mm. that idea of, with your first horror movie you're catching a wide net mm. you now know that that movie has an audience mm. so you're developing it's a, a sales
1: new... funnel yes i understand I'm it's a
0: different. sales funnel right and yeah. you're now developing a movie for that audience rather than all people who watch movies. Yes,
1: I understand.
0: The extra people become a secondary audience, but your primary audience are the audience who watched the first. Obviously, I'm sure there are cases of more expensive sequels, but generally they're cheaper. They don't involve the stars because they also don't have to. They don't have to pay the stars. It's all about the villain, right? This is where things get funny, though, (laughs) because Orphan in 2009 was distinctly unsettling because the orphan, Esther, mm. was actually played by a 12-year-old girl, Isabel Furman. This know, is played
1: and, by a 25-year-old woman. Well, it's it played by it the same
0: well, it's played by the same woman. Oh, the same actor. Okay. It's the same actor. And it's a prequel, right? So not only yeah. is and, and obviously she has she has a condition, which we'll get to, which makes her or, never age. But she's clearly a 25-year-old woman in this one. In the first. It was really weird and uncanny and you felt a bit weird. In this one, what they do is to make sure that she sees CGI- a lot
1: of like Gandalf and Freder Fre- yes! force perspective. Yes! And stuff.
0: yes, yes, they literally use because again, they don't have the money to do like full-on CGI. So it's a lot of force perspective. It's a lot of camera angles looking down. It's it's just it's just really funny. But oh. even then, even then, even then, the cool thing about this is it's mm. horror. You just go with it. It's It's a universe with rules. And this is a deeply silly movie, but I'm just really excited to get to the part where you go, fuck, this is how they make a prequel to Orphan. All right. So, Peach, this is Orphan First Kill. It's, it's on right now mm. at cinemas in Australia, at least. I'm not sure. I don't really follow the film release schedules of the rest of the world. Can't wait. So, Mm. so, all right. So, this is Orphan First Kill. Sick. All right. In January 2007, Estonian psychiatric patient Lena Klammer, Lena Klammer is Esther,
1: a 31
0: year old woman with a rare hormonal disorder called uh, hypopituitism. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hypo,
1: yes. I'm
0: with you. It's hypopituitarism. Yes, the
1: pituitary. pituitary, yeah. pituitary
0: yeah, exactly. Band, you know what yeah. I mean, right? And yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm I, I, not a medical person. Oh, I
1: think we had this same challenge on the <laughs> orphan episode, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Now, it gives her the appearance of a nine-year-old child. Again, in this film, there is never a moment when you mistake her for anything other than a 25-year-old child. <laughs> So it's she's pretty a-
1: short. <laughs> Look how tall the people she's standing near.
0: <laughs> so she is living at a typical horror crazy institute. Yep. Where everyone's like, you know. Loopy. Yeah, everyone's insane. Mm. So she orchestrates an escape from the San Institute, that's what it's called, uh-huh. by seducing and killing a guard and hiding in the car of Anna, an art therapist. There's always a really unsettling part of these. I mean, obviously, this is only the second in a series, but in the first, it was always really unsettling that she's a, she, she is an older woman, but she looks like the a actor, child.
1: Yeah, and the actor's nine or the actor's And ten. so
0: she preys on men who are predators, and that's just really creepy and weird, but also adds to the, the disturbingness of this series. It's just not disturbing. It is like that's a pretty like oh, she's a well, short one.
1: Two two adults <laughs> do one short adult and one normal adult. Right?
0: On yeah, it's not enough for her to be <laughs> short. Like that's the one thing they're like, look, as long as she's short and has pigtails.
1: Kids are short.
0: <laughs> anyway, so she seduces and kills a guard and then hides in the car of Anna, an art therapist, to escape. Okay, so
1: she often uses violence. Like, I really do think I could fight a nine year old. Like, I'd, like, I really do think that. At least resist being killed.
0: And, And, like, even if you had, you know, because you're an adult in a nine year old's body you have the life skills of a 31-year-old. Yes. You know, you've learned some techniques, but you're right. You don't have the raw power or even the reach <laughs> yeah. Yeah, of an adult.
1: You've got forced perspective arms. That, yeah.
0: <laughs> anyway, the other thing I think is funny about mm. this, like, I get, mm. I get that horror titles, it's kind of important that they're dumb and just say what they are. Mm. But this is called Orphan First Kill. Yes. And, in fact, when we see her first in this San Institute, the doctor talks about how she's in there because she initially infiltrated another family and killed them. So not only is her killing the guard not her first kill, but her first kill happened before the film.
1: <laughs> this is a What Josiah Saw like, syndrome of like, <laughs> like, the title. We miss out on what the, like, the title of the film describes something
0: not in the film. But any but anyway, anyway, mm. I'm nitpicking. No, I'm having fun. Let's go. Okay, mm. so after breaking into Anna's house and killing her. And and like the the kills aren't super inventive or that gory in this. Again, mm. I don't think they had the budget for prosthetics and, you know, human bits. So there's lots of blood. She gets sprayed with lots of blood. And there's lots of stabbing. But we don't see like Any, like, skin slit open. We don't see guts fall out. Because I imagine that's not cheap to do well.
1: Uh, Look, my ambition for making a film with Spooker Studios just fades day by day. So I was like, (laughs) maybe we'll find out. But I'm like, let's not find out. Like, I'm just going to presume you're
0: right. (laughs) Could you imagine how hard it would be to make a film?
1: Oh, God. Imagine if, like, we sort of agreed to do it right now. We'd be like, yeah, sounds awesome.
0: <laughs> like, like I know we can be critical, but hats off to every single person yep. who has made a film that we've covered on Spooker. Because my God, okay,
1: not all of them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, okay. After breaking into Anna's house and killing her, mm. Lena Google's missing American girls and finds that she bears resemblance to an American girl named Esther Albright who went missing in two thousand and three. Posing as a lost girl. A police officer approaches Lena and she introduces herself as Esther, claiming that her parents are in the United States.
1: Yes.
0: In Darien, Connecticut, wealthy artist Alan Albright and his wife, Tricia, played by Julia Stiles, who have since come to terms with the disappearance of their daughter, are informed by Inspector Donna that Esther has been found. Also, shout out to the music supervisor in this film, because we're introduced to this family because they're at the fencing tournament of their son, and while he's fencing, they're playing that Interpol song "Evil," which again, clever, like clever little oh, nod, because yeah. it doesn't actually say "evil" in the song, but if you know the song and you know that it's called "Evil," and you're like, and and this will make sense later, okay? This will make sense later. So this song is playing. Is that the,
1: I admit my intention was romance. I watched the slow down. No, that's with slow the stars. it's it's
0: the one that starts with the bass line that's like do, do 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 do, <sighs> do,
1: do, 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 do. That was gonna be on your fantasy demo. Shag, do you remember yeah. you had an idea of like imagine if I made the best demo tape ever? That's so exciting.
0: Like, don't you like have you ever had that and like side note? If you like music, do you ever do that really dumb mm. fantasy thing? where you create your imaginary demo tape of 10 songs that are all the most perfect songs ever. And, and you, you exist in a world where all the artists you stole them from have equally popular songs put in their place so they don't lose any critical accomplishment or commercial success.
1: Mine was always about an act I admired being like, oh, shit, Peach, we've lost our main support. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to come up on this thing with us.
0: <laughs> anyway, so. And also, like, anyway, anyway, so. No,
1: I'm I'm having fun. I'm down for a digression. So Sugar, I am here for sidebars. So I
0: I I I I work in mm. digital media to mm-hmm. a degree. And obviously Same. the one thing everybody's been talking about for the last couple of years is the metaverse or the idea of the metaverse. Mm. And metaversal thinking has invaded my brain to the point where I'm starting to see blurred lines between all the media I consume. So, so It's so, like lawnmower,
1: man. Yeah, I'm with you.
0: Well, like one of the principles and one of the things they talk about that will make the metaverse the metaverse, you know, because it doesn't exist, but if it does exist, is this idea of interoperability, which is this thought that I can take a digital presence from one place mm. and just it's mine and go into another place with my digital presence so if if it kind of makes sense it's like if you have an Instagram profile that's your profile and that exists and that's it if you play Fortnite you have a Fortnite character but you can't take your Fortnite character anywhere else but the idea is you'd be able to take things everywhere else that's infected my thinking to the point where I feel like everything's kind of connected so I couldn't help shaking the feeling while watching this film and seeing Julia Stiles play Trisha is that she's the same character from 10 Things I Hate About You (laughs) She yes. had a brief love affair with Heath Ledger, but obviously they broke it off because, mm. you know, they're a high school teenage couple. Often those things don't last. Mm. She, she goes on to have this whole other family and then her daughter goes missing and in her mind the whole time she's thinking about Heath. And maybe yep. in this world, because this world also blends with our world, Heath is also dead. So the fact that she lost Esther and she lost her teenage... Anyway, so... I couldn't shake that thought while I was watching this film. But anyway, okay. So, Trisha, Mm. AKA Heath Ledger's True Love from 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah, and the Bulbasaur
1: she caught from Pokemon Go as well. Oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Trisha travels to the American Embassy in Moscow Mm. where she's reunited with Esther. Tricia brings Embassies Esther home. Embassies are
1: all about. Embassies are like, There's a, are you fucking serious? There's a missing person. <laughs> Let's, like, drop everything. <laughs> Get over to the embassy.
0: <laughs> now, Tricia brings Esther home and immediately starts to have doubts when she noticed that Esther has forgotten about the death of her grandmother or that her painting skills have increased enormously compared to before she disappeared. Now, yes, she's been gone for quite a few years, and all of a sudden she's like an amazing artist and doesn't remember much about her family.
1: Five years is a long time, firstly. But secondly, doing your due diligence after the deal is always a really weird thing to do. (laughs) It's like, yeah, that's my daughter. Come home and then be like, maybe this is not my daughter.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So this is when things start to get like classically orphan fucked up. So Lena as Esther grows fond of Alan, the dad.
1: No, I really don't like that they do this, Shag. I really don't like that Esther comes and, like, fucks the dad. Well, she
0: doesn't, but she starts, like, kind of falling in love with him. And there's a point where she could leave, but she turns around and sees him in his art studio and turns around and comes back. Now, we need to talk about his art as well, right? Because generally in films...
1: Mm. The art stinks. Yeah,
0: the art stinks, and it makes no sense. So he is a he is a famous artist. Mm. They live in a beautiful house. He supports paints their family. Or what does he no, do? no, no, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. He paints like figures that are fine, but aren't any better than what an AI program could come up with. But get this. He then paints a UV layer on top, so when the lights, so when you shine a UV light on it, you see like other things in the painting. It's like they're it's like, like a shitty. magic eye. Yes, yeah, it's
1: so dark. Yes,
0: and you're supposed Fuck, to be like, what a great artist.
1: But as well, like I love that that concept. Is like I'm the only person who's figured out <laughs> to paint with fucking UV, paint. right?
0: Like, like I went to art school, and one of my few friends from there who still makes art mm. makes like. 3D AR experiences in Berlin, mm. like that, are just so far out beyond my realms of not only what I could do, but what I even really understand. Safe, yeah, yeah, like that's that's where that's what you're doing. If you're like an artist who's making money these days, you're not making UV paintings. But anyway, that's what he does. <laughs> that's his art. That's fine. I can deal with that because that it's not dissimilar to the to the depiction of pretty much every artist in any film where the creators have no real experience with the art world. Anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, sorry, I'm with you. Yeah, baby. Yep, yep.
0: While Trisha and Alan attend a charity gala hosted by Trisha, Inspector Donnan, so Inspector Donnan is, uh, I think, yeah, so he's the one that it's reveals like to them at the start. missing person's check yeah. Is this missing person really, your daughter? I'm just checking in. He arrives at the house where he steals a vinyl record from Esther's room which what? is Lena's fingerprints on it because he's not sure. He's everyone, and to be fair, I, I'm kind of glad that everyone's not sure because Esther does the shittest job of pretending to be the right person.
1: Deliberately so, like part of it's part of the plot.
0: Well, I think, I kind of think it is because let's, we'll okay. get to a point where you're like, that's how they make a sequel or a, that's how yeah, they okay. make a prequel, The Orphan. It's anyway. the
1: devil in you know? her,
0: yeah, I understand. He takes it back to his house, unaware that Lena has followed him and analyzes the fingerprints to find it is not a match. Lena attacks Inspector Donnan, but before she can finish him off, she's like, how did you know I wasn't who I am? And he's like, I'm not the only one who doesn't know. And then Trisha arrives. Okay, wait. Having followed Lena and shoots the inspector dead.
1: Okay. That's a good, yeah, okay. Right, right. Mm. At this
0: point, I'm like sick. Okay, like, and it takes about 40 minutes. Yeah, but, let's go. Bit of a
1: twist. And, and
0: for the first 40 minutes, I was like, ah, oh, for fuck's sake, why did they do this? And now I'm like, okay, I'm glad that they had a solid thought. Okay. Trisha reveals that she mm. knows Lena is not Esther, who died four years earlier in a fight with Gunner, the shitty son. Now, do you remember at the very beginning where we introduced to Gunner in a fencing match and they played evil evil over the top of it? Like, really cool. Really cool. So from this point, like the whole movie...
1: That's good, actually.
0: They're this this rich family, but you sort of don't even notice that they're all dickheads. And then as soon as this happens, you realise she's awful. Gunner is truly awful. And in a fight with his sister... He killed her and both he and his mother covered, um, it, covered up, it up and the dad just thinks she's missing.
1: And so, like, is that Esther, like, our, like, Lena is sort of in danger and sort of spins around to right? come out here. Right, right, yeah, okay.
0: right, right, right. Okay. Okay. So Lena reveals her true identity to I Trisha. I should say
1: that's a really good twist. That's, that's, that's well done. I was, mm-hmm. I was surprised. Yeah, and the cool. two
0: then dispose of Donnan's body in a cellar hatch where Esther was buried. So they, fuck, they put his body where they buried Esther and then frame his disappearance as a vacation trip by forging an email to the police station. Peach, <laughs> you're a lawyer. That, I just is that watertight? It's,
1: it's the funniest prank. Like, I just don't know why it doesn't happen more often. <laughs> of like Shag, When you email me and I reply, I can just go into the text of your email and write funny stuff. Like, I just don't know why it doesn't happen more often. And I only ever do it in a lighthearted way because it's actually quite disconcerting when someone does that prank on you. (laughs) Uh, Because, like, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah. Okay.
1: But it would be watertight. Yeah. If I was a cop, I'd be like, oh, cool. My mate's on vacation. (laughs) Refresh, refresh. Send, receive, all. He must still be on vacation.
0: Sometimes people never come back from vacation. (laughs)
1: Must still be there. Anyway, <laughs> he'll email me when he gets back, I'm sure.
0: will <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> What would you put in there? <laughs> hey, everyone, I'm going on holiday. Uh, it's gonna be for a really long time don't try to find me because it'll fuck up all day uh, and if you get worried about whether i'm coming back i definitely am coming back <laughs> don't call my mobile it's uh... <laughs> all
0: right okay okay all right okay knowing that it would be too suspicious if esther were to disappear again trisha agrees to keep the act up for alan's sake and Lena and Trisha remain on guard with each other. So basically, <laughs> they're at this weird... That's pretty uh, complex now. Okay. right? Like it is, right? Because mm. neither of them can reveal the other's identity or they all get caught. So they all kind of have to pretend. But obviously, they don't trust each other. Mm. And they're, they're all murderers. And the son's the wild card where he's just a spoiled asshole who's already got away with murder. Yep. And there's nothing stopping him from wanting to try and do it again. Mm. All right. So Trisha eventually attempts to poison Lena during dinner. Now, I'm going to stop here again because it's not just art people get wrong. Don't you think often people don't understand what makes fancy food good? And so they just put a few words together and often it doesn't make yep. any sense. Yep. So she she makes a meal, right? It's roast lamb with rosemary, which is three slices of roast lamb and a spring it's of rosemary, rosemary on the top, Fucking idiots. which is not uh. actually not going to do anything, Yeah, and tapenade, the olive spread.
1: Like that's like... It, it, I mean, that's great if you haven't seasoned the lamb properly. Like, you're just putting salty sauce on there. If I, it's, like, it's like, yeah, roast lamb with soy sauce, you'd be like, yeah, fucking great. <laughs> just when people list the ingredients of shit, of like, it's like, oh, you've got no idea what you're doing. Like, <laughs> I actually, you know, because you've done that, I no longer trust that. I mean, yeah, Shaggy, about one in every three meals I eat at someone's house, like, you just have, like, warning signs go off of, like, oh, shit, this is... <laughs> <laughs> this is not going to go, like, I'm going to have to just lie about enjoying this. Um, but, you know, those warning signs of like, oh, don't worry. I've And, look, for me, because I'm such a fucking snob, it's even like if you're going to cook some form of meat that you're going to take it straight from the fridge and cook it straight away and, like, straight out of its pack and shoot them up, like, no, no, an animal died, like, you need to be more respectful of this shit. But yeah, when people don't understand the basics of how food works, I find it really like I know this. Yeah, this probably speaks bad things about a person. I find it really disrespectful. I'm like, a lamb died. They used to be alive. You fuck, and you're just putting a piece of rosemary on it. Anyway,
0: anyway, (laughs) anyway. All right. So, Lena refuses to eat the poison food because you know they're now hyper aware. Also, does poison work
1: like that? Just a couple of drops of. Rat, but, like, like, where are you getting such toxic
0: poison anyways? I also think, I do think poison is one of those tropes where people probably don't research it enough. Like, they might Google, in fact, you probably don't want to because then you're going to be on a watch list. If you Google, like, how to poison someone, surely yep. that's going to raise some flags.
1: Oh, uh, you just have to put your privacy. You Shaggy's have to browse private. Don't save, my...
0: <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> I'm okay,
1: sure Evil right. Agency would be able to help me with that. It will
0: be good. So, yeah, so she's like, no, I'm not going to eat the food. And she excuses herself and takes the food up to her room. She feeds the food to a, to a rat that lives in her room and later finds the rodent dead from ingesting the poison meal. So the next morning, Lena retaliates by making everyone breakfast. And remember, the dad's completely oblivious to this. Everyone else knows what's going on. but The dad doesn't. And the dad's like, wow, what a great breakfast. And this is like, like a Monty
1: Python sketch now of like people are trying to cook food for the other person and they're trying not to eat it and not be weird in front of the dad. It's
0: is so weird. it's a difficult ballet they're all dancing right now. And obviously it's going to come to a head very soon. So they'll so, like,
1: oh, aren't you going to eat the delicious breakfast I cooked for you? Look, dad's eating his. Why are you eating yours?
0: But also like, yeah, so 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 obviously like, She's, she knows she's been, you know, attempted poison. So And they
1: both have access to poison. Like, this also is a <laughs> well, universe that they both got really good poison. Well, no. So
0: Trish had poison, but instead Lena makes her her smoothie in the morning but puts the rat in the smoothie. So when she goes to take a drink, she sees the tail of the rat and throws it into the sink.
1: That's just weird. Yeah, okay. <laughs>
0: And it's not as bad as serving someone poison.
1: Yeah, yeah that's right. So I agree. Right? right? Yes, yes, I agree.
0: <laughs> anyway, so Alan reveals that he's going into the city to meet about a potential art gallery because he's an artist and he's always gonna have business. He's, doesn't art. his agent do that? <laughs> <laughs> what the <Yeah>. fuck? Like, <laughs> What world is this? So at the train station, Lena attempts to tilt.
1: Like, what do you think the scriptwriter imagines is going to happen at that meeting? Like, because surely the scriptwriter has made, like, the scriptwriter has chosen to make this character an artist, right? There's
0: no way they have thought through what happens once Alan gets on the train. (laughs) Basically, (laughs) it is a set. The train is a, a door in a wall. And yep. you step through that and you're it out. It doesn't exist. Yeah. Cool. That's all that's happened here, right? Anyway.
1: But if he was forced to write that scene, what do you think? He'd be like, hey, how's the art gallery going? Great. Got any new paintings? I'll hang them for 10, 10%. Uh, 10, 10, 10. Oh, not a penny over 8%. Oh, deal. 9%. You got a deal. All right, great. <laughs> like,
0: what the fuck? So at the train station, Lena attempts to kill Trisha and Gunner by pushing them in front of a train, but her attempts are interrupted by a passing commuter who's like, Whoa, She's nine it. years
1: old. She must weigh, like, 30 kilos. <laughs> like, she can't push in that. Yeah, anyway.
0: With Alan away, Lena tries fleeing by stealing Trisha's car because at this point Trisha's like, well, we, this isn't going to work. She's Let's... nine. She's the size of a nine. How does she drive? It? Anyway, sorry. Yep. Okay. But she steals Trisha's car. And she's driving away. Again, shout out to the music supervisor because the song on the radio while she's driving away. It's like Reptilia or something. No, it's the song from Flashdance. So it's like, she's a maniac, maniac. <laughs> da, da, da. It's so good. It's so fucking good. Yeah, okay,
1: nice. Is that a anyway, tiny bit on the nose? or? Like,
0: oh, look, it is. But, but it's still fun. This movie is having fun. Yeah, okay, And, nice. like, the, for me, the truth. The, the the wackiness of the twist, I'm like, Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, go nice. Yeah, like, no, I get it. I'm already pretending that she's not twenty-five through yes. the worst force perspective tricks in <laughs> the history of cinema. Like, it's I like really? 19- <laughs> it's like a fucking 1930s movie where it's like, whoa, that building's so far away, you know? Like it's so dumb.
1: I really have in mind the early scenes of Lord of the Rings with Gandalf <laughs> being like, "Oh, <"Whoa." laughs> Frodo, let's <laughs> let's do some fireworks." <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, so she's caught by a policeman who's been informed by Trisha about her daughter being missing. Mm. And so the policeman takes her home. Mm. That night, Lena is brought back to the Albright house and Trisha and Gunnar finally decide to kill Lena. So before they were like, we're just going to turn her in. Well, we're just going to kill
1: her a little bit with the poison? What was that?
0: Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Trisha decides to stage a suicide. Now, remember, I think like you might not remember from the Orphan episode, she always wears a choker and bracelets because she has all these marks. Self-harm, yeah. For, but also from the straight jackets she had to wear. Ah,
1: that's right. But this is a different Esther. This is a, potentially a different Esther.
0: No, no, it's the set. Well, it's no, that? it is the same Esther. Oh,
1: okay, cool, cool. Yep.
0: So, so they try to stage a suicide. They hold her down. They pull back the bracelets to reveal the marks, and they're going to cut it open. That she breaks. This the- that's really grubby. Actually, yeah, like pretty- I find
1: that really yeah. upsetting because they both think she's nine years old at this stage.
0: Well, no, they don't. Remember, no, they know who she is. They,
1: oh, sorry, sorry. No, what am I saying? Yes, you are right.
0: Yeah, but mm. still, it's, it's pretty full on. Mm. And But Esther manages to spit in Trisha's face, which makes them both flinch because they're not train killers, and she gets out of there. Mm-hmm. She makes it to the top of the stairs before Gunner pushes her down the stairs, and it's kind mm. of a, this weird repeat of the fact that you killed your sister and now you killed your fake sister again. She's lying motionless at the bottom of the stairs. At this point, Alan calls and it's like, hey, the police called. They said Esther was driving a car. What the fuck's going on? Trisha, while trying to placate the husband and explain... Yeah, be like,
1: oh, don't worry about it. She said some suicidal things. Uh, you know, talked about self-harm and uh, everything's
0: fine. ...discovers Esther's gone. Trisha and Gunner search for her when she disappears. Now, there's a point, again, after we realise how fucked they are, yeah. we realise that Gunner is probably actually a bit of a sociopath because he has a crossbow that he loves playing around with. Yeah, anyway, sick. Well, So i are going to enjoy oh,
1: Gunner getting killed, actually.
0: It's it's Occam's crossbow or whatever that thing is. Uh,
1: um, yeah, first, uh, Chekhov, Chekhov's crossbow. It's,
0: it's Chekhov's crossbow because yep. obviously Lena finds the crossbow and shoots Gunner with it, then repeatedly stabs him with his fencing sword to kill him.
1: Eat shit, Gunner.
0: Trisha and Lena fight in the kitchen, inadvertently setting the house alight as they do. Every horror movie ends in the house being on fire. Check. And the pair flee to the roof as Alan returns home. So this is really cool, right? So Trisha and Lena both slip and end up clinging to the roof, begging Alan to save them. Now, remember, Alan is so happy his daughter's back, and he still believes that Lena's his daughter. <laughs> uh and, and he's they're both shoes are the same. Right, right, <laughs> this right. Is really weird. Yeah, okay. Trisha falls and dies, and Alan manages to grab Lena and lift her to the roof. As he comforts her, Lena's false teeth accidentally slip out. Realizing she's not Esther, Alan's like, "What the fuck?" And Lena's like, "No, I'm in love with you. Let's be together." And he's like, "That's super gross." Whoa, no, okay. So she pushes him off the roof to his death then flees the burning house after cleaning off the blood on her face and dressing herself back up as Esther again. Later, Esther is moved to an orphanage where she waits for a new family to adopt her, thus kickstarting the events of the first film.
1: Orphan first kill. I did not hate that as much as I thought right? I would. Right? That's, look, one... You're so right about Horace so Shaggy. you always get proved right on this thing, and, and that's uh, true of uh, you, my experience of you just in general. But where you come to support your villains, especially in these sequels, you're like, Esther, fucking get these people. Um, and <laughs> Like, despite the end point of the husband being like, girl, it's probably not great. <laughs> like, no, I'm not getting into a relationship with you. Like, that's probably the only unjust kill we'd get but I still remember you talking me through the second to most recent Halloween sequel where um it's Jason isn't it Jason Jason Voorhees who who like comes out no no it's uh Michael Myers Michael Michael Myers Myers, Michael Myers who comes out and like chainsaws all the firefighters and you're like yeah get him fucking yes
0: yes yes in Halloween kills and I usually get
1: that with Gunner and this I was like yeah fucking get him like let's go get Gunner so I'm down for loving the villains. I'm down for sequels. And as Atmosphere would say, uh, I deserve uh, women's attention and various other troubling incel-type views that certainly do not hold up. And so if you have someone in your life who's a fan of emo rap, uh, avoid them or teach them better ways.
0: Yeah, thank God horror is not as toxic as emo rap. hmm